Who the bloody hell's that? I'm going to embrace the whole management thing next time I put my University of New Hampshire orange pencil. Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. You got rhythm? I have got rhythm. I got music. I got my girl. Who could ask for anything more? Anything more? But I still do. Mm. You've got a. You've got a. What's it as well? You've got a phone thing. Large gin and tonic. A phone thing. What? What phone? That'd thing? be hair, hair of the dog, though. I don't think you should be doing that. No. Oh, over here. No, you got a phone thing on your U forty-seven. Oh, I see. I have. I've got the old Grenadier Guardsman. Yes, on your on your homage. <laughs> on my homage. I've got a, I've got a Grenadier Guardsman on my homage. I have. I have, and I, I have. Hmm. Hey, gonna, how are you doing then? You're right. He's going to faint any moment. I mean, that's that's what they're for, isn't it? You you just wait for him to faint, don't you? Yeah. When you when you see him on the telly. Even get, in clement weather. Get your money out. Which one's going down? <laughs> Do you really play that? That's cruel. <laughs> no, I don't. Would be a good game though, wouldn't it? Would be actually. <laughs> Next time there's a royal occasion, we'll play that. <laughs> the guardsman's going down. That's the that's the guardsman's the... <laughs> going down. <laughs> good morning. Oh. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning at two o'clock. Are you ready for this? Of course. Because the first one went down a storm. Did it? Well, I should hope so. It was a great idea. Jonathan Worthington, you see. There he is. And name-checked again, actually. Yeah. That's like like more name-checks than... Well, I mean, Linda's going to be getting distraught. Yeah. Yeah. Not mentioned not mentioned Linda in ages. Yeah. They get more press than I do, these buggers. They do. They do, yeah. to be fair. Mind you do usually mention me at the intro, don't you? Um yeah, but that's only because it's it's nailed on and it's too difficult to edit it out. Well good. Otherwise I'd have gone all together. It is your picture on the cover. <laughs> is it? Oh that's yes. right. It's your picture on the cover. <laughs> Nobody has a clue what I look like. <laughs> oh no. No. Well, I can tell them what you look like. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Just before we get into that, I'm going Don't to put you, you off the path. to tell them? No. Go on, no. before no. we get into it. Then. So, the the episode before last, where we where we kind of riffed a little, and and you were <laughs> you were slightly the worse for drink. Ah, uh, was that that one? Yes. Um, there's been a request for, for a couple of the old purples that we release the video footage of that episode. What do you think? Do you think we should do that? Well, if you've got it, 
Yeah, yeah I got it. I mean, I, I got it. I did have my clothes on, so I, yeah. It's oh, you were dressed mm. in yeah. my approximation of being dressed sort of way. <laughs> yes, you were approximately dressed. <laughs> Jammy bottoms and the first T-shirt on the shelf when I opened it in the dark. Jammy bottoms, what a great word. What a great phrase jammy bottoms is. Right, well, we might do that then. We might have to take out the bit in the middle because I've no idea who we possibly slagged off or what we shouldn't have said when we were off mic. Yeah, let's not get ourselves needlessly into <laughs> pain and litigation. No, no. No, we take the occasional measured risk, but... You know. Oh, we, we, we don't even mean it, do we? Well, no. I don't. I mean, I just no. say 90% of what I say... Because it's out my mouth for comic effect before I've had a chance to filter it, you know. To process it. They yeah. have a saying in Brazil, don't they? I can't remember how it goes, but it's something to do with if you if you're faced between going for the gag and losing a friend, go for the gag every time, they say in Brazil. Or or words to that effect. Oh, I do like the Brazilians. <laughs> Who doesn't like a funny Brazilian? Uh, I've heard it said you like that. And I've, I've seen your legs as well, so I can only imagine. Shall we start then? Shall we shove our, for the, for the second and last time, shall we shove our new little theme thing in? Yes. yes it actually I... works, doesn't it? It works over that piece of music. Yes, it does. It's, it's vaguely um, shanty-esque. Yeah. I had to slightly tweak it a bit. I, the, 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 if you put the two side by side, they don't last the same length of time. I, to, to get the, the music to flow, mm. I had to move mm. a bit of the bounce a little. Well, um, you're good at that, though. I mean, you come from that background, don't you? The, I, I do. The music tech. I, I do. It's, it's my, they're my people. Yeah. Well, yes. you made a lovely job of it, if I may say oh, well. so. So much so that I've no idea what you're talking about. No, good, perfect, lovely. Right, should we, um, should we, should we do that now? Then should we let it go, sort of from here? Yes. Oh, well, put it in now then. Yeah, here come the seagulls. Where's my chip? I'll leave that bit. Get my list up, yeah. Oh, you got your list up yeah. now. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Oh, so we're back then. We're back. We're back with Steve Hogarth. Said Kirsty. Oh, Kirsty, you're looking particularly lovely oh. today. Oh, bless Isn't you. It? A bit more like George Clooney, to be honest, but but nonetheless lovely. Oh yes. Well, we we perhaps stop that there. What with what with more news of sexual predators hidden in plain sight over the weekend. We perhaps mm. perhaps leave that. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, mm. um, where were we? We'd got four tracks in, hadn't we? 
which means we've got four to go. And I've got a four dilemma, go. you know, because I've got oh, five yeah. and I don't know which one to kick out. But it, it has to be eight, doesn't it? That's that's the hard rule, I believe. Well, the other thing about this, and, and, and as it's the second one of these, we can we can do the other bit. Because obviously we'll also talk about um, you'll get a you'll get a luxury item to take with you. But once we've done the luxury item, you've then got to actually take your eight and, and turn it into one. Oh, just choose one out of the lot. I think you, I think that's what you have to do. I seem to think mm. that's what you have to do. Oh, my goodness. Um, right. But bear in mind we're going to do that. Tell you what, let's let you have nine. And the reason why, in, in fact, actually, nine's a good idea, and I'll tell you why nine's a good idea. Because there's about a page of diary that finishes off the cruise to the edge. Right. And after that, you go to Mexico. Mm. So my suggestion was going to be just one page of diary this week because okay. then Mexico's a, 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 you know, we don't do that funny crossover thing. Okay. Um, so, so maybe that'll allow you to squeeze in your ninth. All righty-ho. Right. As, as so number five, then. To him. Oh, that's impressive. What's that? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Day of the Dead type mm. thing? On a Mexican theme. Yes, a girl in France makes these, and uh, they're made entirely out of beads, uh, ah. all hung together, little those little Indian sort of beads, you know. But it's really nice, isn't it? She's very yeah. good at it. It's one of those things you think, what on earth am I going to do with this? But I'm, And yeah, I'm quite glad I own it. Well, I'll tell you what you're going to do with it. You're going to post a picture of it on Instagram. Oh, I'll do that, yes, because mm. I only ever post to Instagram when you tell me. To do it. Yes. Otherwise, I'd never... Look, that could be me now. Well, in fact, stay there. Don't move. Don't move. <laughs> Don't move. I'll take a screenshot of that. Perfect. Got that. Steve H, relaxing at home. In his I'll send that to you. You can post that. You haven't even got to take the photo. His death mask. <laughs> I'll send it to you. You haven't even got to take the photo. Lovely. Oh, there we are. Look at this. It's, it's like a well-oiled machine. And if ever there was a well-oiled machine... <laughs> You're looking at him. <laughs> You're looking at him. <laughs> so anyway, just to go back, we started with a bit of John Lennon. We, we had a, We had a bit of Nat King Cole. We had a bit we of Sting. Did. We had a bit of Radiohead. A lot of love coming in for your four choices so far. Yeah, I was really... Um, what's the word? Heartened or whatever the word is that, that so many people dug the songs. <laughs> and... Uh, not one person said, oh, that was a shit choice. You, I would have had this. So that was nice that nobody, none of the egoists out there felt the need to shoot me down in flames. No, it was, it was, it was very supportative. Hmm. Thanks all. Ah, there we are. Right, so go on then, number five. Let's kick in with number five. <sighs> well, I think I'm going to have to go for Summer Breeze by the Isley Brothers. Uh, now, if you were sitting on a desert island on a beach on a sunny day, you can't really go wrong with the Isleys, can you? No. Um, and that's a song that takes me back to Nottingham in the mid-70s on that really hot summer in 76 that we had when I was in Nottingham doing my degree. Uh, and when I say doing, I mean the way that people do people when they murder them uh i was doing my degree uh in nottingham and the sun seemed to shine every day it was boiling hot and 
it was the middle of the 70s. There was a lot of really cool music around, and even the music I didn't like at the time, I sort of look back fondly on now and like a lot more some of those kind of funk things and disco-y funk tracks from the mid-70s um, that at the time were a little bit beneath me being a bit of a proghead. And uh, but now I, I look back on them with extreme fondness. Summer breeze, however, um, ticks all the boxes. You can't you you can't feel that the Isley Brothers are beneath you because they're such serious musos. And uh, the guitar solo on that is out of this world, and the guitar sound is utterly out of this world and totally recognisable. And has only ever really, in my head at least, been reproduced once since, which was by, um, what's his face from Orange Juice? I've never met a girl like you before. Mm. That's the Isley Brothers guitar sound, isn't it? and he must have killed himself to get it. Uh, what was his name? I could have told you if I didn't have to tell you. That'll come to me. It wasn't well, Edwin Collins, was it? It was Edwin Collins. Thank you, thank you. I'm out of I'm out of the agony of not knowing right now. Um, yeah, it was him, and uh, he came bursting through. However many years later, twenty five years later, with the Isley Brothers guitar sound, which was so cool. Um, but that's not the Isley song. It's actually a cover of a song by Seals and Crofts, which were a couple of sort of folk rockers. So ah, made made all the that. stranger, you know, that the Isley Brothers, you know, a bunch of black guys from America should, should take that on. Um, but the Isley's version is just killer. Everything about it, really, from the where it comes in with the thing, you know, that sounds like tuned cowbells or something. Um, and then the indescribably cool guitar sound just rips through. Um, and also, I, I happen to know that um, Jimi Hendrix used to sit on the side of stage watching the Isley Brothers when he was a now kid. Now that's cool. Uh, and I think he even joined them at one point briefly and was, was in their band. Um, so there's a lot to love about the Isley Brothers. I particularly love Harvest for the World as well, and I, I often cite that as not not just an incredibly cool chord structure and an amazing lyric uh, and a really relevant lyric, you know, socially social commentary, um, but all, also the most amazing lead vocal performance. So if you ever get a chance to have a listen to Harvest for the World again, just check out what that singer's doing. It's, he's, he's giving you it all in, in, a, in buckets. Um, but um, much as I'd like to take Harvest for the World to uh, my desert island, uh, Summer Breeze is a no-brainer because it takes you to that hot, summery, lovely, laid-back place. So... Definitely that. Now, while we're on the subject now of that summer, 76, which I can I can just about remember because I was five. <laughs> um, was that the Ladybird summer or was that the one after it? Oh, a Ladybird summer. 
because we had a summer where we had loads and loads of ladybirds and they were covering sides of buildings. Yeah, that does ring a distant bell. I don't know. I don't ah. know, honestly. I mean, it'd be very easy to agree with you and say, do you know, I remember that, Anthony, but I would be bullshitting. Right. But it does ring okay. a bell. Whether right, because I don't, I don't know if it was that year or, or whether it was the 77, which was obviously the Silver Jubilee year. Mm. It was one of those two. Mm. Well, I just do not know, but I know that it takes me to that. I know that Summer Breeze takes me to that summer, along with all the accoutrements of that summer, which were mm. uh, camping gas stoves, cotton butter sauce, uh, peas, um, surprise peas, which I lived on. At the time, up in my attic garret in in Nottingham, with a camping gas stove. Yeah, it was a bit. It was it wasn't exactly a health and safety. No, friend. and the landlady used to occasionally come up the stairs and, and go, "You shouldn't really have that up here." And I go, "Oh, don't worry. I'm. I'll be very careful with it." Right. How else was I going to make me tea? Well, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with the need for sustenance. I was just, it was more of a carbon monoxide thing. But I mean, obviously, you got this far. <laughs> oh, that as well. Yeah. I never even thought of that. I just thought of burning the house down, really. Oh, I was more on carbon monoxide. I'm, I'm oh, on that yeah. whole thing of the, yeah. the, the silent killer. Oh, well, maybe that's what happened to my mind then. I've often wondered what did it. <laughs> it wasn't the peas, was it? <laughs> Could have been that. <laughs> the Cadbury smash. <laughs> Could have been. Mushy or processed? It's going to be processed, isn't it? <laughs> no, surprise. You know, f- surprise, frozen peas. Oh. Yeah, boil them in, you know, boil them in the pan of water on your camping oh. gas stove with the, it, with the with the cotton butter sauce bag also bubbling along in the oh, water at nice. the same time. Nice, nice. I'll see what you're doing there. Yeah, then when that's done, just pour a bit of your boiling water into your Cadbury's smash, stir it up. <laughs> QED tastes a bit plastic. That, that is, that is. You know, for all the people who don't think you're a serious and thoughtful human being, just planning <laughs> on into that meal. <laughs> well, that was back in the days before the before carbon, the carbon monoxide, monoxide poisoning. It addled me head. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. And then second thing, while we were on your, yeah. your first your choice for this week. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned the guitar sound, and I do. I can hear the guitar sound, and I can hear the Edwin Collins guitar sound as yeah. well. And that falls into those kind of guitar sounds that, because because the other one I think of, or the other two I think of, "Sympathy for the Devil's one of them, with that an amazing guitar sound he has on the solo there, right? And then the other one is um, "Easy Like a Sunday Morning," right? Which has got that really overdriven <laughs> sound that you just. That one. That that you don't expect. No. When it kicks in. No, it's the Commodores, isn't it? I think if old uh, What's-His-Face, Lionel Cliché, had done it on his own, um, it might not have had that killer no. guitar solo on it. But because it was his band, it's got... Yeah, that, that does redeem... Well, it's a lovely song. It's a lovely song. But just mm. given a bit of edge by that guitar solo. Yes, yeah. And 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 sympathies just has to have that guitar sound in it because that's just that's just that track, isn't it? Mm. What a what a tune! What a tune! Oh yeah. But we're going mm. with so for number five, mm. uh, we've got the Isley Brothers. Great. Okay. So go on then. Do you want to put your extra one in now? Tell so we'll put your extra one in now. Should rather put than my the extra end. one in. 
Yeah. Give it slip, slip us something extra. Well, the one thing I felt when I'd got to my eight, um, being the kind of person I am, you know, the, the I read down them and I thought that's a really good selection of songs, but there's nothing to really cheer you up in it. <laughs> you know, they're all they're all quite. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but the. There's nothing kind of happy or goofy in there because. Can I introduce you to them really in catalogue? I, I, I would naturally gravitate to that. But you do need that in life, don't you? Yeah, um, I think you do. And, you know, it's for other people usually to provide rather than the band I'm in. But um, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, what, what if I was all on my own for a very long time? What would what would just do it? What would lift me? And I thought, what about Kooks by Bowie? Yeah. That would lift me up. And it'd remind me of my kids and it'd remind me of um, you know everybody's kids, you know. It's such a it's such a lovely um, such a lovely lyric that such a lovely sentiment to be to be welcoming your child into the world. And saying, best of luck, you know, because we're all nuts. And so you're going to be a bit nuts and people will pick on you. Uh, and we'll throw the homework on the fire and take the car downtown, you know. <laughs> I just thought, well, <laughs> that's what you'd want to hear. It's exactly you, what you want to hear. From your parents. Yeah. It's such a cool song. And you and want it, to hear it again in your early teens as well from you your parents, would. don't you? You would, and and it's kooky by nature as well. It's lovely, and it lifts me. So, and to not have a Bowie track just seems plain wrong. So, I've crowbarred that in for all those reasons. Mm. I mean, I was just about to say, does that mean you've got a Bowie track? Because I, again, if you've listened to all of these, if we look at if we look at the artist names that come up more than once. Bowie comes up a lot, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. You know, so if you if you went through that list, and and you have, so hence the reason why I said, well, there'll either be a Sting or the a Peter Gabriel. You know, I could I could throw in Crowded House. You might there might be a Crowded House track that might not. But right. of the things that come a lot, you know, the Blue Nile comes yeah. up a lot, and Bowie comes up a hell of a lot. So I'm pleased you've crowbarred a Bowie in. Yeah. Well, I crowbarred a Bowie in, and I, you know, as, as I've said, also as as a bonus for as a bonus for for crow, crowbarring Bowie in is that I've crowbarred that one goofy, cool goofy. song that he yeah. wrote, as opposed to the Laughing Gnome, which was goofy but uncool. So if you if you'd put a Bowie in, then that what if you'd put a serious Bowie in? Yeah, I don't know. It might have been uh, Ashes to Ashes, and it might have been uh, Life on Mars. Life on Mars. But the, I, I don't know if you need Life on Mars when you're on a desert island for the rest of your life. You know, it's it's too heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. It's um, what is it? What's the word for it? It's monumental as a song. Oh, yeah, it's an epic, as, epic production, as, isn't as it? It's a sentiment. It's a monumental sentiment, um, especially if you grow up where I grew up. 
north of England in the 70s. You can really relate to it. Um, but no, I thought I thought I wouldn't have anything, as you know, with that kind of gravitas. I'd have, uh, I'd have what I've got, which you haven't heard. You haven't heard them. All no, yet. no, no, no. We'll, no, we'll come to those but in a second. But that Cooks would lift, would lift, would lift the mood yeah. out of all yeah. of their, their meat and potatoes. Yeah, my, I mean, mine would be sweet transvestite, but for exactly the same reason. Um, <laughs> The, the, you, just a bit you'd of, have a, a sweet transvestite. Would would that be your tuna? Would would that be your you know your special your extra special gift? Yeah, that that, I, that take, probably would have to be my extra. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd be less lonely with a sweet transvestite. I just th- I listen. I could have anything off Rocky Horror because I think Rocky Horror is amazing. Mm. Um, but I just think that's just such an incredible, incredible you know song. But then you've just said about. Because the other one I think of that of monumental like that in a similar way is is Ultrox Vienna, that has that, yeah, that thing going on as well, and you know, yeah, it's almost like Life on Mars for the Eighties. That, yeah, except that it doesn't really mean anything, does it? It's a lot of well, no, tosh no, but it's a piece of production. Yeah, as as a vibe, it's got something going for it. I mean, the only th- the only thing it'd have going for it on a desert island is is, is that it would be the antithesis of a desert island. And, and oh, it complete opposite. You could go to a kind of cold, frosty place in in Eastern Europe in your mind, <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> to escape the coconuts. <laughs> yeah, which seems weird because everybody in Eastern Europe will have been going to the island to escape <laughs> yeah. what they're in. You're, you're just Absolutely. let me back in. <laughs> Let me over the wall. Yeah, well, that's why I never chose it, and I think you're not quite right for even bringing it up. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up then. Let's go to let's go to your official sixth one then. Having had your your, your little insertion, right? My official sixth, and I I chose this again because it's relevant and it would fit right into the vibe, but always lifts me when I hear it and makes me just go, oh yeah. Um, and that's on the beach by Chris Rea. Um, which is such a brilliant that again that it's so sunny and so like driving an open top car round the mountains of Nice with a leggy blonde in the passenger seat. You know, you know the thing, Anthony. I, I know the thing. Um, I wonder how Lars is. I do miss him. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah, that that joke came down an open road. <laughs> it was visible from about a mile off. <laughs> but but yeah, seriously, great. I've I I don't know if that got remixed and and tightened up somehow, but it's incredibly tight rhythmically, and I don't know if that's because I don't. I'm, I've not researched this enough, and I'm sure there'll be somebody out there who has. But is the current version of On the Beach by Chris Rear that's going around, is that the original original or is it some kind of remix that got done? Because it's super tight and it's quite, it's quite machine-y, but in a really good way, it feels great. I think it got remixed quite a while ago. Right. So I think there's been a remix done. I'm sure I've got a compilation on vinyl with, a, with On the Beach, which is a remix. Right. But it still goes back a bit. So it was done 
fairly fairly close to the original, I think, but I could be talking nonsense. Great song. Absolutely perfect for a desert island. You know, would lift you. Uh, it's kind of wistful. A um, lot of Chris's words are very romantic, mm. you know, without, without being um, too overt, you know. He, he sings a lot about love lost, doesn't he, about... Mm about regret and the one that got away he seems to sing about a lot you know the the girl he was in love with that it never quite came together um but it's it's that that little guitar lick is for me is just totally redolent of of sunshine a bit like um a bit like summer breezes mm. so that would be one to tittle about on the beach too he has that knack of using very simple guitar lines really effectively because um, Road to Hell's got that very simple guitar line in it, repetitive guitar line, and it ju it just really works. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very clever in that respect. Mm. I met him I was, when I was recording Ice Cream Genius. I told you this, didn't I? I was, yeah, because that's his studio, isn't it? Well, his studio was next door. I was in the sort of shed. Yes. Uh he was in the, the posh posh place in the big house at Sol Mill, which used to be owned by Jimmy Page. And I think uh, I think Jimmy sold it to Chris. Um, so Chris was in the, the posh place next door and I was in the shed and he, ju he just appeared one day, you know, out of the blue, he just walked through the door. All right. Quite like that, you know. All right. Chris. Oh, hello, Chris. Lovely to meet you. Oh, what are you doing? Then? What are you doing? Here? You know, I said, "Oh, make your solo album." And he shuffled off again, and that was that. I never saw him again. Uh, but that, it was nice to meet him. Just while you were doing that, I was just having a quick look, and he re-recorded on the beach. Yeah. So it was '86 um, from the album on the beach, but then he re-recorded it for an album called "New Light Through Old Windows." And it was released uh, yeah. again as a single. So I wonder right. if it's the the the, the re-record that everybody um, that everybody's is using or sampling or yeah. channeling or whatever. Well, I prefer. I I suspect I would prefer that to the original because it's so snappy and it's so light. It's it's a really cool record. Mm. So it and this is this now would support the kind of nonsense I was talking about, which was because the one I've got does say summer eighty eight in brackets, so that so it wasn't a remix, it was actually a total re record. Mm. Mm. There, there we have it. There we have it. So Chris Rear. I wasn't expecting Chris Rear, you know. No, but I understand I why you picked it. I bet you weren't you, Tinker. You see. You see. You see. I well the problem is I think after two hundred hours of this, week in, week out, for what seems like <laughs> two hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I know exactly what's coming next, but then you you're just chucking him in, aren't you? They're like little perfectly formed pop grenades. <laughs> pop grenades. Uh, I asked Andy, well, Andy Partridge from XTC for a load of um, band names, and I was trying to think of a band name for How We Live, and uh, I was very fortunate to. At some point, so I got got Andy got, got hold of Andy Partridge, 
And I thought if if ever there was a man who could think of a good band name, it was him. And uh, he came back with he came back with God Grenade, um, which I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I don't I don't, I don't want to call me band that, but but anyway, sorry that just reminded me of that. Come round here, chucking in the God Grenade. <laughs> That sounds like something I might say on the on the doorstep to <laughs> an unwelcome visitor. <laughs> a god grenade. That's going to be a serious explosion. <laughs> um, oh, you've got right on your side. Um, number seven. Should we do number seven before we a, a break for that solitary page of diary? Yes. And then we'll and then we'll do your last choice and your your luxury item afterwards. So uh, go on then. Hit us with seven. Um, I think I'm gonna need. I think I'm gonna need a a romantic moment while I'm while I'm on my island. Um, and so I've chosen what I feel is is one of the finest songs by what ultimately is probably my favourite band. If you're gonna have one, and so I would take. Something by the Beatles. Mm. Hard to argue with that, isn't it? If you're on your island looking out to sea with that playing, you're in a place, aren't you? Mm. Interesting you pick a George tune as well. Well, George wrote some of my favourite Beatles tunes, actually. I mean, that that and um, Taxman, Here Comes the Sun. Within you, without you, am I kind of they're right at the top of the cone for me? Mm. You know, I know that John and Macca got all the limelight and wrote the pop tunes, but my lord, uh, oh, my sweet lord, my sweet lord, George, George wrote some killers. Um, it's just incredible that that much sensitivity and talent was in one band <laughs> amongst four people. Shocking the level of songwriting in that tiny little unit. Mm. It was one of his favourites, wasn't it? Something. It was one of Frank Sinatra's favourites. Was it? Mm. Oh, Frank Sinatra played something in a lot of gigs in his later years. Did he? Yeah. Mm. I should imagine he murdered it. <laughs> I think you can probably safely say that where you live. I wouldn't say it in New Jersey. <laughs> Not when he was alive, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think it would really matter. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> Even to this day, I don't think it would do you any favours, say that in Hoboken. Um, but uh, no, a great, great choice. Great. So, and I don't know if we ever talked about this, but what's your Beatles album then? If you had to pick a Beatles album. My Lord. It would probably be Abbey Road. It would be either be Abbey Road or, or Revolver. Mm. I think. I mean, but Abbey Road was the one when I when I, when I took delivery of it. I don't know how old I would have been, but when it came out, um, sort of bought it straight away, or my mum and dad bought it straight away um, because they knew it, they had to, or their lives would be miserable. Um, they knew, you know, I was I was an addict by then. I wasn't just a fan. I would have had to have that 
the day it came out. And uh, I remember getting hold of it and playing it on my little record player in their bedroom upstairs and just round and round and over and over and over again, you know, all the way to the end and then back on it, come together again at the beginning, all the way to Her Majesty's a Pretty Nice Girl again and then back to, back on, come together and again and again and again mm. and again. I remember just thinking, this is the best thing ever, period. This is just it. Um, so I think I was addicted to the fabs at that point. And uh, it was it, it was wonderful. So probably that one covers all the bases, really. It's got some, uh, got a bit of goofiness on it, hasn't it? It's got a bit of Maxwell's Silver Hammer, and then it's got it's got a bit of that kind of edgy Lennon rock and roll. And, um, I want you, she's so heavy, and all of that. But then it's got the the wonderful, incomparable. Here comes the sun. And something, of course. And the invention of progressive rock on side two, as though they hadn't done enough already. Already. They, uh, they just yeah. dashed off inventing another genre while they were at it. Mm. Um, amazing. Amazing. I'd probably take, probably take that one if I could have an, a whole album. Um, but definitely something, because... I've just been quietly getting back into that song lately in my mind. You know, and I can do that without putting it on. I'm a bit like that, you know. Songs sometimes just arrive in my mind first thing in the morning and I just think, and I get back into them. Mm. It's it's an incredible tune. And you're right, it's an incredible album. And I would have picked, I would have picked Revolver as well. Those would have been my two. Yeah, it's not just a great tune and a great song. It's just a, you know, and a recording is just perfect. Yes. And and every element, of every sound you hear from the moment it starts to when it finishes is just the right one at the right time and no more. Um, something is is like that for me. Roxanne by The Police is, is like that for me as well. It's not just the song. It's... There's something in there's something in the the elements that have been chosen to be there and the elements that, that aren't there. You know, the the space between what's what you're hearing is is also exactly the right space. And mm. some in my head, you know, something something's yeah. It's just that. I'd probably chuck God Only Knows into that mix as well because there's something about that that I always find absolutely astonishing. Mm. Uh, interesting choice of, of, of component part. But, hmm. Anyway, should we have this, this one page of diary? What a, what a lovely place to go to diary on as well. What a great tune to go to the diary on. Exactly. Put it on everybody and have a listen to it and then we'll go to go back to the open sea. I'll go, I think I'm getting off the boat on this particular day. Here it comes. Saturday, 12th of April, MSC Davina, Miami, home. 
made my way to the top sail lounge and joined Steve and Joe Rothery for a coffee or two. Said hello again to Alan White's wife, Gigi. She told me they used to live in Kirklington, just down the road from me, but now live in Seattle. We disembarked without much trouble and spilled out into the Miami Dockside Terminal, where a bus was waiting to take us to the airport. Tangerine Dream Band and crew were on the bus and were most complimentary about our show last night. I said hello to Edgar and offered my services if he ever should need some vocal textures. He seemed interested and his wife, Bianca, gave me their numbers. Chatted to Linda, the flautist and saxist, about her native Austria. Her son sings in the Vienna Boys Choir and does more touring than her. All the tanks seem like lovely people. At the airport, the BA staff checked us and our bags in, even though we don't fly for another three hours. That was civilised and classy. Other airlines, please note. Ran into Rick Armstrong, so along with Leon, we went to a burger place and had a slow, late breakfast. Rick regaled us with tales of his father, Neil's near-death experiences. About six of them, mostly rocket-related, apart from me driving him round the M25. I later returned to the BA desk and asked if, by any remote chance, they had found my Bose headphones on my inbound flight last Friday. A man went off to check and came back after five minutes to say, Yes! He said they were in storage and he'd bring them up to the executive lounge for me. Made my day. I seem to be in a good vortex at the moment. Hung around the lounge for several hours, chatting to Frenchie, Jack and Lucy till the flight was called. Another 747. We were upstairs. John Wetton was up there too. Kept exchanging nods as he passed by and eventually got talking. I like John Wetton. Very nice chap. We took a quick selfie in the half-light of the 747 cabin. We both looked like criminals. I guess I slept for three hours and then just lay around awake, but relaxed. Sunday, 13th of April. Heathrow. They put all the lights on at 6am and served breakfast. Landed just before 7am. Back at Heathrow in the passport queue, I ran into Steve Hackett and Joe, who were both enthusing at length about our Friday show. So, as you can imagine, I felt, and still do feel, great. What a successful adventure on the high seas. Aha! And we're back! Yeah! <laughs> and, um, and Mike Barton... Ah, oh, Mike, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, alluded to the and we're back on a post the other day uh, with a little, <laughs> what, a little he, cheeky... He on a gate post? or a... No, on a, <laughs> on a social media post. Oh, I see. I don't know what he does on a gate post. <laughs> the odd carving, you know, the arrow with the heart through it. Oh, I bet he does a bit of that. I bet he does, yeah. I bet he does, I bet he does a bit of that. He's a bit of a romantic, a romantic soul, isn't he? Yeah, I'm an H, but I don't think I'm the H. No, I don't think you are. <laughs> um, so we've got one to go. We've hit, we've hit, we've hit your your crescendo. 
Well, hit your climax. It wasn't designed as a crescendo. It was just another song, really. But yeah, now it's now it's made its way to the end. Uh, it, it's taken on a gravity that that perhaps you know is not the gravity I intended. But nonetheless, um, I've I, I think I think for my eighth, although it's now really my ninth song, I would have the Downtown Lights by the Blue Nile. Just pleased about that, that we've got a Blue Nile tracking. <laughs> the first time I ever heard the Downtown Lights, I was in... Um, I was in Hamburg, and I've got a friend called Sylvia, and she was Sylvia... She was Sylvia Bayer to start with. When I first met her, she was a, our product manager when we were How We Live. In fact, no, before that even, when we were the Europeans, she worked in Hamburg and she was our product manager uh, at A&M. And she went to run the Virgin office in, in Hamburg. And the Blue Nile were on Virgin. And I just happened to be going to Hamburg and... At one point, whenever I was in Hamburg, we'd meet up and have a cup of tea or something for old old times' sake. And she um, she said, "Oh, I've got the new Blue Nile advance copy through." I said, "You're lying." And she went, "Yes. Oh man, can I? You know, can I have a listen?" She said, "Well, I'll I'll play it to you in my car because I've got a I've got a copy in the car." So. We drove to the the Elbe River, and on that particular day, um, it was foggy and everything was silver, and the the silver light was bouncing off the off the, the huge river, the River Elbe, um, and glistening in the in this sort of hazy hazy foggy silver air, as that tinkly sound came in at the beginning of the downtown lights that before it starts and so whenever i hear it now it just sends me it sends it sends me to that just a, a few minutes of a really magical morning in hamburg and so i imagine i'd feel the same on my desert island mm -hmm. um staring at the the water glistening and thinking about glasgow you know um or edinburgh is he in edinburgh now paul i don't know if he lives in glasgow or if he's still in it i mean they're an edinburgh band but i've got a feeling he moved but i could have made that up or dreamt it but i can kind of you know see this sort of scottish cityscape um and this extremely romantic, sentimental man that Paul Buchanan is. He even wrote a song called Sentimental Man. Um, you know, in in that sort of slightly dirty Scottish city, enchanted by the streetlights and in love with his girl. It's lovely. Hmm. Hmm. And and to me it would it would be it would definitely be Glasgow. Yeah. There's just something about the earthiness of Glasgow. Me the too. The soul of Glasgow. Me too. Love I love that city. I really do. 
So there we are. That that that's my last choice. Okay. Well, before before I ask you to pick one. Oh, that's so cruel. Um, what about your luxury item? You've got one luxury item you can take with you. I never gave much thought to the luxury item. Um, what would I have? I'd have a, a, a Polaroid camera and an endless supply of film so I could take little pictures and keep them. A collection, no <laughs> less. Yes. Okay. So, Stu- Polaroid camera. Stupid request. I pro- probably could do the fishing rod, really. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a romantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought, do you know what? I thought you might have said an endless supply of paper and pencil. Oh, right. Well, no, you don't need that. You can always scratch on the rocks, guy, if you're stuck. Okay, scratching on the rocks. Right in the sand. In the morning, morning it'll all have gone. (laughs) You won't won't be depressed by reading it all going, that's a lot of shit. You know, it'll have gone, (laughs) so you'll be all right. I like that. The only downside is if you write a masterpiece. Well, you take a photo of it with your Polaroid. <laughs> exactly. There you are. <laughs> Polaroid's an inspired choice. <laughs> right, come on then. We're going to press you for one. Oh, one out of the list. One out of the list. Oh, Lord. Um, let me have a look. I've got to go back. Hang on. I've got to go back and put the list back up. God, how would you choose one? Um, Oh, it's impossible. But but because I have to have one, Mm. I will say number nine dream. Right. Right, I thought you might go that. It was to me. It was that or the Blue Nile. Yeah, I don't. I impossible to choose. Really impossible to choose. I could uh, maybe the only one that I'd think. Well, no, I wouldn't. You know, if it, if I could only have one, I wouldn't have that. Is the Christmas song because that's for once a year, isn't it? Or for well, it, it's for Advent. <laughs> at least. I, well, in um, which case, with your choices, I know what you need. You look, you need a diary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I do need a diary. Mine, there'd be nothing in it. <laughs> well, there'd be, there'd be play Nat King Cole. Oh, I see. What Stop you, playing Nat King Cole. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, you need that. Uh, Lord, I, I, I probably could have given this more thought, but you know. This is as much thought as I've given it. Oh, I know. I think you've given it. I think you've given it an enormous amount of thought. Actually, an enormous amount of thought. I think the the, the question at the end. I mean, if we talk about the format, the question at the end is just downright cruel. Mm. Really, mm. you know, pick eight, which is virtually impossible, and then oh, by the way, you can only have one. That's cruel. Yeah, it is in a way. 
And yeah, the rest of it's all right. And, and it's a reasonable number. And it's impossible because... The, the tr I mean, even the trouble with them in eight, if you're on a desert island, is you're going to get sick of them. And why mm. would you want to get sick of the, the song, the tunes that mean the most to you? What, mm. you why, why do you want to consign them to to that place where I never want to hear that again? Um, mm. Why would you do that? That's like, um, it's like condemning, condemning the people you love most to never wanting to see them again that's an appalling thing to have to contemplate and and in choosing those eight um that's what would happen but then in choosing one even you know a hundred times more so it's it, it's it would be a song that you'd be thoroughly sick of hearing and why would you do that to your favorite song ever i agree so basically what we're saying is it's actually fortunate you've not been asked to go on because in in reality we don't like the idea no i think i think i'd have eight and then for the one out of the eight i'd have shut up of your face by joe dolce because i hate that already just bring it in and off the shelf <laughs> that's sound logic <laughs> Well, after two weeks of meticulous planning and the fact that we've had structure, we'll go. What we're going to go back to just normal next week? Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. I've got an idea for next week, actually, but I'll talk to you about it when we get off air. Oh, you're so full of ideas, Anthony. Oh, yeah. Tinker. Well, I will see you next time. <laughs> Righty ho. Well, I quite enjoyed that. I, I, I hope it threw some light. Do you want to hear the two that I, that nearly made it in? That oh, go on then, sneak them in. Slave to the rhythm, obvs. obviously. Uh, how the hell that's not in the eight, I'll never know. But something had to go, and an album track that um, the H band covered on Live Spirit, Live Body, currently available for sale <laughs> at Racket after a Beautiful. long hiatus, but. Um, a 10cc song called The Old Wild Man, which is a beautiful song. I don't know if you know it. I don't know it. Check it out. And that nearly made the eight as well. But then then I got on to something and something went in and the old wild men went out. And then I got on to kooks. But The Old Wild Man by 10cc is absolutely beautiful. It's about, it's about old rockers, you know, and failed... Failed blokes who were in bands, getting old and fading away. It's lovely, and it's it's quite short. There we have it. Right, I'll see you next week. See you next weekend. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>